You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. We're moving into the second week of December. So it's that time of year when people look back at 2020 and some will look back at 2020 and say, I'd like to see the back of 2020. But certainly the investment community is breathing a huge sigh of relief. With me now is Chris Freund, co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91 in Cape Town. This is how I think it would have gone at the beginning of the year, Chris. You would have said, well, I hope we get 10 to 15% out of the markets this year. Nice steady performance, not too much drama, even with the US election. Then comes COVID. And on March the 23rd, you would have looked at your client um, strategies and you would have probably said, goodness me, I hope we get away with only uh, 10 to 15 percent down on the markets. And now here we are, all forgotten. What a year it's been. Indeed, what a chaotic year it's been on so many fronts, Lindsay. Um, I know for a bear like you, it must be hard to sort of see the markets (laughs) rising like this. I had my moment in the sun. Yeah, no, you had your. I know, I know. But uh, for for a born optimist like me, yeah. this, is, this is you know, natural order of things is reverting. So we should have got our clients out in the brief moment in March when we saw this thing escaping from China. It was like literally five working days where we could have, and if you if you didn't, then you were buggered because the markets fell so fast you couldn't really do anything. So then you sat there looking at a pile of ruins, saying, "What now?" And and essentially what's happened since then is that the world's financial markets have come to the conclusion that 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 nothing is structurally broken. This is not the sort of a repeat of 2008 where you had, you know, uh, too much debt, property markets were, were, were overcooked, uh, credit and banks had, had misbehaved. Nothing is structurally. This is a bit like a natural disaster which now just has to play itself out like a massive tidal wave around the whole world simultaneously. Yeah. And and that's different to a sort of long-term recession that you claw yourself out of. So first of all, we woke up and said, hang on, maybe we share prices have overreacted on the downside. And I think some of the South African shares that you and I have spoken about over the year seriously did react on the downside, overreact on the downside. You know, when April was just, a deep freeze. People were extrapolating that forever, and it wasn't forever. And and then what happened is more recently, as you know, was we had three very positive vaccine announcements in November. So our market is up about 12% in November, which made a hell of a difference to our clients' annual returns, which are, I guess we haven't finished the year yet, but December's looking strong. So, and then on top of that, you throw in all the stimulus and help that central banks and governments around the world threw into the pot, whether it was like zero or negative interest rates and or, or massive fiscal stimulus in the form of these furlough schemes that government will pay a portion of people's salaries or in this country, TERS, you know, the TERS scheme, increasing the level of social grants. So I, in my career, have never, ever seen this level of foot and hook stimulus across the world. And I think that we underappreciate how much stimulus is out there. And the net result of all of that is that share prices have risen quite a lot recently to the extent that we are going to, we're likely to deliver um, positive, positive absolute and maybe even positive real, in other words, inflation beating returns 
for, for calendar 2020. That's an extraordinary turnaround. I've never seen anything like it because it really was looking as though the social world, the, the market world was, was on a precipice and it could have become much, much worse. But I think that despite the fact that we could, we have a go at governments at the way that they've reacted to COVID-19, but behind the scenes, the central banks and the, the finance people in governments have reacted beautifully to it. It's going to cost them in the future, of course, and it's going to cost every citizen in the future, uh, but they've done exactly the right thing. And now that we've got these vaccines, we can't brush all this under the carpet. This will, there will be books written about 2020. Um, but I tell you what, we've got out of jail here, Chris. Oh, I, I agree. Um, so, I mean, the theory is that as we recover n- next year and the following year, then obviously the stimulus has to get withdrawn and we have to go back to more orthodox uh, monetary and fiscal policy. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, if that turns out to be, I mean, essentially central banks in Europe and the U.S. have told us the markets that they are going to err on the side of, how should I put this, of being too late rather than too early. Um, they're going to take the punch bowl away, you know, only when we it's too late, not not too early. And so I think there's a risk or opportunity or happiness, whatever you want to call it, of markets melting up in 2021. In other words, mm. 2021 being a very good year for markets. Now, you can argue it's for the wrong reason. It's not because earnings are growing, which is the only real reason why markets should go up um, over the long term. You could argue that it's sort of artificially getting pump-primed by monetary and fiscal policy around the world. But for whatever reason, there's there's more risk of markets melting up next year than falling in a heap, in my opinion. Let's have a look at the way that 91 works, because from speaking to you and your colleagues over the years, you have an unusual strategy where if there is an upward revision of earnings via a trading update or whatever it is, then you you start to take a look at that particular company. To me, that has been happening to SA companies that have been so beaten up. Suddenly they're saying, trading update, not too bad, yes. challenging times, but these things are happening. Have you noticed that? Well, you obviously have. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is bread and butter to us. We We couldn't be happier right now in the sense that it's not so much it, – it works both ways. You know, if the market's expecting a company's earnings to grow by 5% next year and then they revise that up to 7% or to 9%, that's, as you say, an upward earnings revision. And if it's at a reasonable valuation, we buy it and we tend to do quite well for our clients. But it also works the other way around, which is more to the point in South Africa. Basically, markets have been expecting many companies that are more – domestically orientated to, to for the earnings to fall by, let's say, 25 to 30% for obvious reasons. And what, what you've been seeing recently is that they said, no, hang on, it might, it might not fall by 25%. It might fall by 21% or only by 19%. So in other words, things are getting not good but less bad. And that second derivative, that change in the, in the sort of rate of change is getting positive. And some of these companies got to outrageously cheap valuations. So the more beaten up, value-orientated, stressed balance sheet companies in South Africa have been doing astonishingly well from a share price perspective for the last six weeks. There's been a real shift in mood within the market, underneath the surface, if I could say that, um, as opposed to the whole market definitely going up. I mean, some you know, we can say that the market went up by 12% last, last, last month, but some shares went up by 25 mm. 
And it's that type of share that you spoke about. How are you positioned at the moment? The debris of 2020 is well known, so we don't need to go back and say, yes. well, we, we froze, we were getting ready for the worst. We don't need to do all that. But let's look at the companies that you're positioning yourselves for a good 2021 with. That's a bad sentence, but you know what I mean. Mm. No, I know exactly what you mean. So we have a view that obviously fourth quarter um, economic data is going to be bad as we're getting this the second wave of COVID uh, massively in Europe and the US, and and probably the first quarter data will also be bad. Okay, but 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 who cares? So what? It's irrelevant because it is our view that as these vaccines get rolled out around the world, as we start to approach something like herd immunity in the sort of second quarter of next year or certainly in the second half of 2021, that economies, economic activity will start to normalize. And given all that stimulus, the punch bowl I mentioned earlier on, that in fact growth could get quite steamy next year. So if that is our view, we have to be positioned as follows. We have lots of what we call global cyclicals. Um, those are the sort of the Anglos, the Billitons, and the Platinum shares. We we can't understand why the Platinum shares are not a lot higher than they are right now. Yeah. There must be a view that um, that the Platinum price itself is going to fall in a heap, which the rhodium price might fall, but it's unlikely the platinum price will fall that much. Anyway, we, we've got a lot of platinum shares. And um, and we've also got quite a lot of what we call SA Inc. Um, those are the, sort of the banks and the retailers uh, on the view that the, they got too cheap and things are going to get less bad. And indeed, things might be mildly positive um, uh, in a few months' time. And, and, and one of the things that we've all got wrong is that this – the South African economy is recovering faster than we realized. It hasn't been as bad this year as we thought it was going to be. Um, so we've got that. We've also got a chunk of of NASPAS stroke process, um, given its index weightings and, and the sort of underlying quality of that company. It's not a bad idea to have some of that. We've got some MTN, which has done worse than it should have, given the underlying fundamentals of that company. What will really unlock MTN share price, if, if there's any hint that MTN gets some money out of Nigeria, and as they can coax the Nigerian Central Bank to give them some dollars, then that share price moves very quickly. So that's the type of stock that we, we invested in, Lindsay. Okay, you sound as though you have a spring in your step. I can sense it in your voice. And I know it's not just because you're looking forward to a year-end break. <laughs> it's because uh, suddenly in the last uh, couple of months, things have got so much better. Now, there must be something that worries you. There must be, even even as an optimist. No, absolutely. What uh, is absolutely. it? There are some things that can go wrong. So one of the things that could go wrong in the short term is on January the 5th, the Georgia Senate election happens. Right. And if the Democrats win both those two Senate seats available, they go to 50-50, 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats, and then the vice president, Kamala Harris, has the sort of casting vote. So effectively, you've got a situation where the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the president. Um, that leaves them, and that now puts them in a position where they can do whatever they want because they can get anything through the system. And there's a little risk that you get Bernie Saunders and Elizabeth Warren in positions of financial power. And they have quite left-wing mm. 
tendencies, and that could spook the markets a little bit in the short term. But the real worry is if, as 2021 unfolds, we start to see inflation hotting up. That will put the cat properly amongst the pigeons. I would say that that is the one thing that worries me, not so much the Senate story. It's because I keep on watching yeah. that US 10-year bond on its own and look at it versus the US 2-year, you know, the short end and the long end. And if the US 10-year starts to break above 1% without getting too technical, then things could start to unravel a little bit with the anticipation mm. of inflation. Yeah. Look, I think 1% is going to happen. I mean, I, I, I really do think it's going to go over 1%. And it wouldn't worry me that much if it gets goes up all the way up to sort of 1.2%, 1.3%. Yes. Because it's still very low. And the U.S. Treasury and the Fed will keep doing QE, and they won't let it actually get away from them on the upside. On the, uh, but, but those famous bond vigilantes uh, will come out to play if – if, as you say, if it looks like U.S. inflation is going to move above 2% and sustainably go there and stay above 2% to 3%, etc., then all hell breaks loose because then no matter what the Fed and Co. do, bond yields are actually going to go up around the whole world. There's going to be a view that central banks are behind the curve, that they need to raise short-term interest rates. Whether they do or don't, there's a view that, that will start to say, you guys are behind the curve. And equity markets won't like that at all. So, so that's the thing that's vexing us at 91, as to it doesn't look like there's an inflation problem. Certainly not in the short term, there's not an inflation problem, because generally this COVID is a deflationary shock. But given all the stimulus we just better not fall asleep at the wheel here in terms of watching inflation unfold. So that's the thing that really worries me next year. Okay, let's not end on a negative. Let's end on a positive because the last two or three months has turned everything around and you're going to get positive returns, Chris, hopefully, unless something silly happens in the next three weeks or so. And thanks so much for your contributions all year, Chris Freund, and today, of course. Chris Freund is co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.